my friend. Hello, sir. I was actually going to tell you yesterday when we were texting that it felt like it had been a long time since we had done a pod. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was just going to say the same thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. A lot has happened between, I think, the times that it feels like it was a long time are the times when a lot has happened between then and now, mm-hmm. and the times where it feels like it was just yesterday is when that was the that was the last significant thing that happened. You yeah. know, like, um, but yeah, I, I was out of town this last weekend. We went up to mm-hmm. Omaha to see some friends of ours, which was fun. Um, we just kind of had this itch to get out of town, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you know, Omaha as a city is not the most like vacation destination type of a place but yeah sometimes just like going somewhere else feels good um so we did that stayed with some good friends of ours and um lauren is a big oklahoma football fan because that's where she went to college Mm -hmm. so we watched the oklahoma nebraska game unfortunately it worked out in her favor instead of mine (laughs) but (laughs) so how does that go when you guys are hanging out and watching that game like is she are you guys like actively play by play against each other? Um, it it's fun. Like we <laughs> we have good. Uh, you know, we pick on each other quite a bit, just like oh, in yeah. general. So during right. that, it's it's it continues. But this is the first time that Nebraska has played Oklahoma in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to be these big rivals, but then Nebraska left the Big Twelve, and now they suck. That, um, so it's it's not that great of a, com- a matchup now. I'm not about to get into talking about football, but that interception that their uh, defensive back made, mm, Oklahoma's, yeah, you it's, remember? It was sick. It was on like the top 10, like ESPN Sports Center, the sports team. Yeah, that was, that was one of those plays that was like, looked really cool. And it was an incredible catch, but had he not caught it, they would have had way better field position because it, they were going to turn it over on downs anyway. So oh. like he, he should have just, he should have just batted it down. See, but, that's um, the stuff I don't know. <laughs> when I'm yeah. Well, it. in the moment, like I, if I were him in the moment, I for sure would have caught it too. Like, oh yeah. Especially if I knew I could make an ESPN top 10 catch, but I definitely, um, anyway, yeah, we're not going to talk about football, but that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um Omaha's a cool city, dude. I mm-hmm. I always kind of underestimate it. I think I feel like it's kind of start it's kind of up and coming um more so in the last few years like they've got some new um developments and uh, a lot of hip bars and restaurants and stuff, so we kind of did that thing all weekend, which well, Your fun. friends are in that cool cool area, Benson, right? Yeah, they're they're close to Benson. Um mm-hmm. And we, we kind of went all over the place um, just because we wanted to see a couple different friends that we had up there. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just it was good to get out of town and not um, look at the same four walls yeah. like I always do. So The only thing I remember about Benson was I was invited to a barbecue there and I bought like a 24-pack of Bud Light because they said to bring beer and I wasn't really drinking beer at the time. And... Uh, mm-hmm. No one drank it. Everyone drank <laughs> the PBR because it's kind of hipstery over there. It was. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Whatever hipster was back in, you know, five years ago. But that's cool. That's cool. I thought, area. <clears throat> I thought you were going to say that they didn't drink the Bud Light because there was uh, like craft beer to drink instead. But yeah, no. I wasn't not. expecting another <laughs> shitty light beer. 
it's like pick your poison, I guess. They're all the same. Yeah. Um, a wet turd or a dry turd. Cool. Yeah. Um, so Rivers had his first birthday yesterday. So yeah. That was fun. It was pretty crazy. It was kind of a, it was a little bit of an emotional day because mm. you're sort of reminded as his parents that like he came two months early and a year mm. ago today or a year ago yesterday, we didn't know that we were going to be having a baby. And so, well, you, that, you knew event, you knew you were having a baby. <laughs> yeah. Day. Like, oh my God. You weren't surprised by a baby that day. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good point. Um, <laughs> We just weren't actually interestingly, you know, I, um, you know this, but his due date was actually your birthday and it was also yeah. my wife's dad's birthday. So that was mm-hmm. crazy, but it doesn't really matter now, but <laughs> well, but, maybe that's, maybe that's why he wanted to change it up. Yeah, like he, he didn't, didn't want yeah. to share a birthday with, with Dude. two other people close to him. The more I get to know him, I think he does seem like he might want to be unique possibly. Yeah. So, but yesterday was yeah. fun. And um, Chelsea's trying to have him eat really good. So, like, he had, um, like, a banana strawberry homemade yogurt thing for his birthday cake, which I thought was kind of sad. Because um, I was <laughs> He looking, doesn't know the difference, dude. <laughs> I was looking forward to having some cake. Made it about you me, the, of course. You, you were sad because you, you couldn't have cake. You yeah, didn't want I, yogurt. I found out that I basically made yesterday all about me about how yeah. sad I was and everything. So um I'm trying to mm. trying to make my way back from that today. But but the mm. weather not to talk about the weather, but totally to talk about the weather has been yeah dude for forty eight hours, seventy degrees max, mm-hmm. all the windows open. I've got the airstream, all the windows open, fans are on, no AC, mm-hmm. going for walks, taking the dog for a walk, going for runs. It's like it's dreamy, dude. I wish it lasted yeah. longer in the Midwest. The fall. I know. Yeah. <laughs> fall is the best season by far, in my opinion. And uh, it just seems like it doesn't last long enough. Like, mm. we, we'll get, because it's been the same down here in Kansas City, like, um, good breeze, you know, 70 degrees, sun's shining, like, perfect fall day. And I feel like in two weeks, it'll probably be back up to 90 degrees yeah. in the middle of October. Yeah. And then it'll start snowing. Like, <laughs> I snow. feel like the best part about fall, in my opinion, is really that transition time between like the really shitty, humid, hot August weather mm-hmm. and like the first couple of days where it starts to cool down. Because after okay. that, it just goes so fast. And I feel like by by November time frame, there's a good chance that it's starting to feel a lot more like winter, which I don't hate winter, but I definitely prefer like the just how comfortable everything is in the fall. Like we had, we had all of our windows open yesterday too. And just like, even just sitting on the couch with the windows open and a breeze coming in, I just like, couldn't help, but just feel nice. You know, (laughs) the best thing about fall and being a runner is that, um, there's guys that run in the winter time and wear shorts and they act like it's no big deal. But there's also guys in the summertime that wear the same exact outfits they wear in the winter. And running is frustrating because you kind of have to have outfits. Like I've had the same Nike spandex that I've had since I was in high school and they miraculously 
mm. fit. Haven't haven't uh, disintegrated by now? Because the length is fine, but the waistband <laughs> is stretchy, so that's good. Um, but the nice part about fall is that it can either go like no shirt or shirt. And the the weird part, dude, I'm not even kidding. I, I've been trying to increase my miles a little bit because I've been doing the same three-mile thing, and uh-huh. I just feel like I'm not making a difference in my times or anything like that. And um, I'm sort of running against, like, the ghost time. Like, I'm just running against my speeds. But right. I went out into the country the other day thinking, okay, this is perfect. It's It was like 80-some degrees. This was the day before last, and it was perfect. And I get out there two and a half miles in, which is, like, my halfway point, and then I'm going to turn around. I'm getting a drink of water. I'm stopping and there's mosquitoes just all down my back, like mm, from gross. top to bottom. That's the hard. That's a hard part about the Midwest too, is the bugs. Like, yeah, that's what yeah, I think. That's the probably one of the only things that scares people away from from being around where we live. You know, bugs, humidity, and tornadoes. just a lack of a lack of things to do. <laughs> <laughs> which like i I don't i really don't understand that argument like when people say there's just nothing to do there it's like what do you do like most people just need places to go out to eat people places to go drink like what what are they really looking for unless you're really into like mountain biking or hiking in the mountains or snowboarding or anything like that that you that you would like to do like every weekend i don't understand the nothing to do argument have you have you thought about that like biking at all or anything like that that ever been something yeah uh i i used to ride my bike quite a bit like um i bought a what's called a i guess a a gravel bike but it's basically a road bike with slightly knobbier tires so that you can ride it like on gravel roads but it's not not as heavy as a mountain bike so it's like lives somewhere in the middle of a mountain bike and a, a road bike and yeah that's cool um everyone I work with is super into cycling because I work like on the cycling team of Um, products that we work on. So everyone is super into it. And I felt like I had to get into it to like have some element of rapport with my coworkers. Do they talk to you about it all the time? (laughs) Well, they talk to each other about it all the time and they talked, they talked to me about it for a long time while I was doing it, but I have since kind of given up on it because, um, it's fun when you ride in a group, but I quickly learned that I was the least good at it compared yeah. to everyone else. Like I always felt like I was dying trying to keep up and I cannot be the kind of person that's always like in the back of the pack of something. I always have to just like suck it up and just kill myself to try to impress everyone, Man, which is I, a, a stupid thing. But that's, that's how I feel about sports. You know, I'm, I remember when my wife and I started dating, I knew that her family, like they are athletes. They're, yeah. they're so good at everything they do. Um, they've Each of the kids has gone to college for a sport um, other than her brother who, who is a Marine. So that kind yeah. of tells you everything you need to know. But I remember when I first started dating her that I was like, you know what, I should probably download one of those apps that gives you like the highlights because every mm-hmm. time still when I hang out with her dad, 
and sit and talk with them and have a beer or whatever. I mean, we talked about the Husker game the other night for, and thank God I watched it. (laughs) I've been married to the girl for six years, but I still feel like I have to be able to keep up with her dad on sports highlights, you know? And when he stops and asks me a question, like, what do you think is going on with the Huskers? I'm like, man, uh, I'm not the right person. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Um, so I, I feel that way too about like, um, even music. Cause I hang out with a lot of musicians who are gear nerds and there's a part of me that kind of wonders, am I supposed to be way more knowledgeable in this stuff than I am just so that mm. the conversations that I have with you guys are cool and <laughs> I can like chime right. in. It's uncomfortable it's, to be around that and not have an input. Right. Yeah, no, I get it. And it's interesting because I grew up playing sports. Like I grew up playing right. football. That was like one of the most important things in my life at the time. It, but for some reason, I never really got into watching sports. Like I, I will watch the teams that I like and I'll get into those games. But some people just love to sit and watch all of the games that are on yeah. in a day. And it that's fun sometimes. Like if your your buddies are having a football day, like that can be really fun. I've done that before, but I can't really sit and just watch sports all day by myself. It's just not a thing that I can do. And I also don't have this like flashcard memory of statistics Stats on players and, yeah. and stuff. So like every year, every year I get roped into playing fantasy football with like at least one group of friends that I have. And I'm the worst person to play with because I don't keep up during the season. I don't know any of the players. Like, I just don't care. But to them, this is like their thing is keeping up with sports stats and whatever. And I just, I don't know, dude. And I, I feel that same pressure because as I've gotten older and realized that this is something that a lot of people just do, you kind of need to have some level of acumen in those things to feel like yes. you're just keeping up socially, which is, it's kind of obnoxious. And I, yes. I don't know where to draw the line of like, cause I'm not trying to be a hipster by being like, Oh, I just don't like those things, but I just like genuinely don't spend the time on them. So is it, is it wrong of me for not doing that? Or should I spend the time to do it to satisfy all these people that I interact with? Well, and it's something you said to me a couple weeks back when we were hanging out. Um, You said, you know, we were talking about how much, how big of a difference does it make for you to be involved in politics as just like a regular American citizen? How much of a difference are you making by um, just being knowledgeable in it? And I mean, I don't want you to feel bad at all, but. I have not listened to the news half as much because of that conversation we had. And it, it was good for me because I had made so much of like my morning. I think as a musician and playing shows, I wanted to know what was going on so that I could be careful. It wasn't Mm -hmm. about me being able to talk about politics on stage. It was like knowing what not to say what to avoid. Right. Interesting. Which I think is still important for me, but I've listened to it way less because I've started to realize that 
I don't know how much of a difference that's going to make. So if I'm, if I had a bunch of friends that were actually interested in talking about politics just over a whiskey or, you know, then maybe it'd be different, but uh, it was an interest that I had that was consuming a bunch of my time, you know, mm -hmm. that wasn't outputting back in to my circle or, right. or the relationships that I had. Did you also feel like he was adding like an unnecessary level of anxiety yeah. to your life? Yeah, no, it like was. I, yeah. I think about that a lot, specifically about politics, but we can also draw the same parallel to people that revolve their lives around watching sports. Like I have, I have a friend who, and he will admit to this, so I don't feel bad saying it on the podcast, but like the course of his day will change depending on how the Nebraska football team plays. Mm -hmm. Like he, I totally understand like planning your day around watching the game, but like if they lose, he like can't be in the same room as anyone else. Yeah. Like he, it just completely ruins his day and like keeping up with all these stats and like news and all that stuff is, is like a whole other thing to stress out about in life that I just personally, I personally feel like I stress out about enough things. I don't mm -hmm. need to like, let that be another thing that really adds to that burning fire of anxiety in my brain. <laughs> well, that's, and that's here in Nebraska, especially, um, we were driving from the lake in Ogallala back home and there was a sign, like a marquee sign on a, a cafe restaurant that said disappointment special. And it listed the score of the Nebraska Oklahoma game, and then like something yeah. was half off because we lost or something. And yeah, like how many you know, growing up going to church all the time, like we did when we were good boys. Um, do you right. remember how often the sermon was like based around the game in the fall? Right. You know, like yeah. And well, I remember. I remember the pastor a couple times saying, um, don't worry, I'm going to get you out of here in time for the game. Cause it's like Sunday, <laughs> Sunday afternoon is when all the NFL teams play and stuff. And it's just like, I don't know. It, like I, I hate to poke fun at people for caring about something or having mm -hmm. an interest because I like, I do to some extent have the same interest, but mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes this idea of like keep keeping up socially feels unfair to me because I wonder mm -hmm. like are, is there ever a time where I'm talking about something where the re the recipient is like man it has that same feeling of like I don't know anything about this and I'm just trying to stay afloat in this uh, yeah. conversation yes because I I feel like I tend to just let other people drive the conversations and I try to just like adapt what I'm talking about to what they're into but then I'm always in this cycle of like satisfying other or like filling other people's cups in social situations. I don't think I do a lot of the um, talking about something that no one cares about. I mean, get, I, <laughs> we're doing this podcast so someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But <laughs> like at least you and I are engaged in the same subjects, you know. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like when I'm hanging out with people – I think I'm pretty good about not talking about stuff that the majority doesn't care about. Um, mm. I tend to find myself having pretty superficial light conversations or just talking to someone about what's going on in their life 
it's way mm-hmm. easier for me to ask people questions than it right. is for me to talk about myself. And, right. and people, you know, people love talking about themselves and they don't know that. Mm-hmm. But most everyone you come across would rather be asked questions than than be asking questions. Is it, Am I wrong right. saying that? No, I think you're right. I, maybe that's why you and I just sit in silence together because we both yeah. don't like talking about <laughs> yeah. ourselves. Yeah, no, you guys don't want to hang out with Jake and I because we just sit there. Like we'll yeah. be watching the same show and we'll laugh at the same time, but we won't even talk, talk right. about what happened. Um, and I'm, and I know I'm a bore in the van for the band, not you, but, and also not Nick because he knows, but I like to get up there in the morning and start driving and just put my headphones in and like I said, listen to the news or a podcast or whatever, because I get to check out a little bit and I feel bad because I'm not like part of the conversation. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not even kidding you, even as a musician, and like, this is my job, but I tune out in the studio when the guys start talking about like gear and gear. Yeah. Nick, Nick has more pedals than I have underwear and, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> I don't, yeah. <sighs> I feel like that, that's hard too, because as musicians, I feel like you're not as much of a musician as you are a songwriter though. So like you don't really care about that side of things, but people Mm -hmm. that are musicians like through and through like me, I, I don't know. I I love gear. Like just because that's kind of my realm. I don't write songs, but Mm -hmm. I think about sounds a lot and I Mm -hmm. think about like sonic choices and balance of songs and all this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I'm always kind of pursuing what gear can get me the sound that I'm looking for. And I think a lot of just like diehard musicians have that same interest, but I do understand that pressure because then you're like, well, am I a poser in this industry? Cause I could give two shits about all of that, right. but I don't think that's true. I just think, you have a different priority when it comes to music as a whole. And the conversations that I tend to have with people after the shows, um, every once in a while you get a guy come up on stage or whatever, or from even across the stage, like what kind of pedals do you guys have and stuff? And I will tell them, um, I know I bought these pedals, but before every show, Nick sets everything. And then (laughs) But but I have other things to worry about. So um, it's not yeah. like I don't care. I do care. But mm-hmm. I ha- I have five other things I got to do. So um, I want I want to be the kind of person that when I'm in a circle with people and they're having a conversation about you know music and gear and stuff, like I of all people should be engaged in that. And they look to me, there's a little bit of an expectation from outside of like, does this guy really know what he's talking about? And I will tell you, I don't. Like, I'm trying to figure this stuff out. Like, um, you know, I've been trying to work with this new recording program. And especially while we have this time off from the road, we're trying to record music and 
there's this whole new realm of the recording process and stuff that yeah. um, we worked on a song today for licensing for like a, a commercial. So um, when Nick and I aren't on the road, we, we do a lot of other stuff too, but we try to focus on these licensing requests that come through that say, Oh, there's a, um, you have no idea what company it is. We don't get to know that. It's just keywords, um, stylistically, musically. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of fill the request with what we have. Um, I have been, I've been on the phone with two, with Justin Abel, our, um, our producer, also uh, texted you today about stuff like mm -hmm. settings and stuff. And then also um, another guy that I know out in Oregon to kind of just get things like to annoy, because this is not the job that I do. Right. Right. They, there is this thing like, one of the guys was like, you don't know how to do that. And he wasn't being an asshole. He was just yeah. like surprised. And I was like, dude, I freak, I'm a poet that knows how to sing. Yeah. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to basically just blend in with all y'all. The, <laughs> the thing that I think the better way to describe you is you, um, develop enough knowledge to accomplish act. whatever task is <laughs> is in front of you at the time no not not even just act but like you have a task to do and you will learn just the bare minimum to accomplish that task and mm. i don't think there's anything wrong with that and like i think that is generally a more efficient way to do it because you could be i i approach things that way sometimes but you could also be like me where you get stuck in this rabbit hole yeah and i I have a hard time when I sit down in front of um, Ableton, which is the, the software that I use, mm -hmm. because I've seen, I've taken in so much information about it that I get caught up on all these things that I should like try to do instead of just like making something, you yeah. know, like I get, I get stuck in the tech instead mm -hmm. of um, actually making the thing. But going back to like the gear thing for a second, um, I don't think you should feel... I don't think you should feel guilty by telling people that you like don't really have anything to contribute. Like if they look to you for your opinion on like some gear convert, like about an amp or a pedal or something, I think as a gear person, it is actually usually really refreshing to hear someone say, does it sound good? Yeah. And you say, yeah. And they're like, okay, that's what I care about mm. because it's so easy to get sucked into the rabbit hole. And like, I, I have taken a lot of different viewpoints on this through my like musical upbringing. And I used to be a huge gear nerd. I used to be the only thing I cared about, but then I started, I ha started having these other mentors that just took a completely minimalist approach of just being like, um, well, does it sound good? Is it satisfying the sound that you need for that song or that application? Okay. Mm -hmm. Then stop worrying about it. Like, there, there's a, a very scientific way to tune your drums, and a lot of people get really... First off, a lot of people don't even know that you're supposed to tune or can tune drums, but <laughs> you can. And there's a really like scientific, methodical approach to doing it, right? But at the end of the day, sometimes you have to break a lot of those rules just to get the drum to sound good. And mm -hmm. I remember like early on just obsessing over 
Like, well, I'm doing it exactly how they said I was supposed to do it. And it just sounds like ass. Yeah. And eventually I heard one of uh, a teacher that I had, he just like completely deuned one of the rods so that there was no tension on it. And the drum sounded amazing. And I was like, but that's not how you're supposed to tune it. And he, his response was the way you're supposed to tune it is the tuning that makes it sound good. So like you can chase, you can chase all the science, you can chase all the gear and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't sound for sound like what you're looking for, then all that information didn't really mean anything in the long run, you know? So like that can be a very refreshing perspective to other musicians who are kind of like just stuck in the rabbit hole. But then also if they turn around and make fun of you for not knowing anything, (laughs) then they're an asshole and you don't need to be around them anyway. Like (laughs) pretentious musicians are the worst category of people I've ever endured in my life. Like I, I can't stand it. I've never had anyone say, you know, like you dumbass or something like that. Like, because I always come to it, like, tell me if it sounds good, you know, like I, I I think it sounds good in my ears or whatever, but I don't get I don't get to go out in front of the stage at a show and and hear how it goes. Like I am the I'm singing and playing my guitar for sound check. Right. If I could, if I listened to you guys play in a circle or whatever, and went out and listened, and um, I I got I have no problem with saying that I don't know what's going on and uh and i think i think there are people that really like to be able to have the answer yeah you know and it, it makes guys like nick who tweaks my pedals and stuff my guitar stuff before i go up um feel good almost in a way because it's mm-hmm. like his opinion is valued and that's a thing too is there's a lot of not even just with music, but sports and players and teams. Like, not only are there the stats, but you also have this opinion of of right. how it should sound. Like, specifically, our producer Justin tends to like things very bright and crisp. Mm-hmm. But Nick, when it comes to guitar, Nick really likes like a warm, full tone. Right, And so they are, I mean, it's the majority of the time in the studio that we spend is those two going back and forth on guitar, you know? Right. And that's the other thing is I think a lot of people, a lot of people not only like to know that their opinion is valued, but they also like to feel like they're right. Yeah. (laughs) Music is, is such a tough thing because there's not always an objective correct or incorrect like a lot of it is so subjective and just the preference not only of the person playing but the preference of the person consuming it right like both people are correct there there's very few objective truths in music um so it 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 can be frustrating honestly to talk to someone or to um argue with someone about something like tone or um like musical choices and and things because you're both right mm-hmm. in a way so like sometimes you'll just never convince the other person and it's tough like you you have to know you have to decide like when to push back and when it's not really worth it i guess at, so at work do you feel like 
do you feel like you're on the, I know we talked about the, the bicycling thing in the beginning a little bit, but do you feel like you're on the same wavelength with most of the people there as far as the job and how it applies? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I am intelligent enough to be able to see how design choices impact the product for the use case of the product without having to be the primary use case myself. You know, like sometimes those the little nuances of being like a diehard cyclist will help you in the long run when you're designing things, but a lot of times it doesn't matter. And um, I eventually just stopped caring about feeling like I had to keep up with them in um, just like non-work-related conversations because I had I felt like I was wasting my time like developing an interest in something I didn't actually enjoy just for the sake of like talking to these people, you know. Um, and I think I think a lot of people in general, just in life, discount the value that an alternative perspective brings to anything, whether it be like designing a product or you know, um, writing a song or even just like politics or, or anything like there's such a pressure to feel like you agree with every, everyone around you. And there's this pressure to feel like you all have to be doing the same things. And, um, I just, I don't think that's true. Like some of the design choices in my job that I've made have been inspired by things that I've seen on products in the music industry like that other people have never seen before. Like I've showed them things and they're like, whoa, I didn't know that existed. I'm like, well, I see this on my drum stand every day. Like this is a mm. common thing, you know? So just like having an alternative perspective, I, I feel like people need to lean into that more as opposed to um, just trying to, to keep up and fit in with everyone else that's around you. And I, I mean, mm. I think there's a balance. Like you shouldn't always, you shouldn't question right or fight about everything or like, cause then you're just a hipster douchebag that yeah. just <laughs> is counterculture at all at every pass. But yeah, like just, just accepting that you are a certain person and you like the things you like and that's okay. And you yeah, don't I have think, to accumulate useless knowledge. I think we both have those friends that like argue just for the sake of feeling different, you know, like it's after mm. you say something that's like, well, no, but and it's like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to say anything by what I said. I'm not trying to get into this with you. I just was telling you how I felt about it. Right. And you're exactly right. Like having a new set of eyes on something or, you know, even in our setting, me not giving too much of a care about what's going on at my feet. Um, but I am concerned with how it sounds to the audience and, how it sounds in my ears when we play so that it, so that it feels good. Mm -hmm. um, that can, that can be a thing too. So it, it's, it's nice to have a different perspective and it's nice to be able to be a person. Honestly, I, I think it's kind of like what you said earlier. It's refreshing to have someone in the group. That's kind of like, meh. I don't know right. if, if I really care about that because it, yeah. it kind of lightens everything up. You know, if I get mm -hmm. in a group of guys that are talking about stats and stuff on a specific team or, or something like that, I, I don't chime in and I used to feel like I needed to, right. like I needed to say something, but 
I'd almost rather have them like, if I do talk about it, I'm just talking about it as like someone who has no idea what the hell's going on. So it's kind of right. like I have an input. It's a different input. And I, you know, last year during the pandemic, when I was working at John Deere, uh, I mean, like every time I stayed after work to have a beer with the guys, we they were talking about these crazy you know, jerry-rigged engines that they built on vehicles and all this crazy stuff. And then it would be like, it went quiet, and I'd feel like I had something to say. And I'd be like, yeah, I uh, changed the oil on my truck the other day. <laughs> and all right. of it. It's like funny because it's like, not this isn't the most important thing in the world. And there are so many different things to care about. Yeah. And being like well-rounded you know, you mentioned earlier that it's refreshing for you to have someone like me to do a job with because you feel like I get to be kind of like on the outside of it and you get to help me with it. But also, it's it got to be hard to be the guy like you that you want to just constantly be A1 at at everything. Yeah, it's definitely inconvenient. <laughs> and the conversations not, that you have are tricky too because of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, I, I feel like I've gotten better recently of being able to accept that I'm just not going to be, um, you know, the most, <laughs> the most jacked dude in every room or like the best <laughs> musician in every room. You know, I'm starting to, I'm trying to <clears throat> be okay with myself without being complacent. That, that's a very... Mm tricky uh balance to strike but mm. yeah it's, it's it's weird but the, the the tough thing about like the sports example or you know the building engines example or whatever is these things are things that are usually attributed with like being a man right so like you get you get around a group of of gearheads or you get around a group of sports fanatics or whatever and they're all like doing the macho posturing thing. And if you, if you don't watch football every weekend, then they kind of look at you like you're some like girl, girl, yeah, like what were you doing or whatever? If you weren't yeah. Watching, it's like, <laughs> I don't know that, that kind of toxic masculinity. We've talked about it before, but I, yeah. I kind of, I feel like maybe that's why I just don't get into that kind of thing. Cause I just don't want to be that yeah. guy, but yeah, I don't want to try to act like I know everything about everything. It's just not, it doesn't benefit me in any way. And it doesn't be benefit anyone that I'm hanging out with for me to, you know, we, we've all, everyone has been around that guy that like just tries to know everything about everything. Yeah. That's like, man, I'd rather you just didn't talk and just, right. Just listen or don't say anything. Mm -hmm. I think that's why when you and I hang out, we end, we end up not saying anything is because we are comfortable with each other to, not knowing every little thing about everything we do. Yeah. Like, like we celebrate each other in what we are knowledgeable about, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's also like this terminology that I use when I'm, I'm doing things that don't matter to most people. Like, um, when I'm talking to my wife, I don't say I'm playing red dead redemption two or call yeah. of duty. I just say, I'm going to go get on the game. And right. for her, that is all the same thing, right? Right. 
and even today when I was working, um, talking with her, I didn't need to go into all the specifics of what I know and what I'm trying to figure out. But last night I tried to explain to her quantizing, which is stuff you're recording, snapping to a beat. So if you play mm -hmm. it off or off rhythm, the software corrects that for you. Um, and halfway through explaining that to her, I was like, why, why am I, it's not that she won't get it. Yeah. She doesn't care. <laughs> right. And it doesn't, it doesn't really have so, any bearing on her. So instead I showed her the product, like I showed her the song I worked on and it was like very tight and everything mm -hmm. was lined up. And so she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I was trying to get it to sound like that, like mm -hmm. all on and, um, like it's important to have some some sort of like translation to to people that makes makes them feel and now I'm talking about being the person that knows something about something right like when you are talking about sports to me talk to me like I don't know anything about well, just talk to me about how the kicker missed all the kicks and like that's his right. only job right talk right. to me about how the coach is maybe the problem, right? Because the players are all playing well, they just don't know what to do. Like, talk to yeah. me like that. It's important Here's, to also like communicate that. Yeah, I love that you said that because um, the way that I can tell if someone actually knows what they're talking about is by their ability to take technical information mm. and reduce it down to like layman terms. Yes. Because that proves that you have an actual understanding of what you're talking about. Yes. You can I can always spot when someone either A has a shaky grasp on what they're talking about or B has no idea what they're talking about but just has memorized a lot of words by the way that they just kind of vomit out jargon constantly like oh, technical terms and stuff just just to try to prove and sometimes it's self subconscious but sometimes it is like an active effort of just trying to prove that you know something so i'm going to use all these words that they don't know what it means because okay. that's going to impress them but it's like yeah. if your point is lost just due to technical lingo then um it doesn't really matter yeah that i I think that's so important to like help people to understand it in a simple way. Like, you know, there's always that joke about like you can sit through an hour long lecture at college and then you can go home and watch a 20 minute YouTube video of some guy like explaining it really well, you know, yeah. because, because he's very smart and he knows, but seriously, just being able to explain things in a way that, that people can, apply it yeah i mean that goes that's the same thing with me with this recording software and stuff i mean that's the reason why i mean i don't know how you feel about this and you can say it on air here if you want but um like i ask you rather than going to google or youtube because i know that you will explain it to me in a way that my brain will understand <laughs> yeah you know no that's i mean important. I, I, I'm to me that wow I'm having a hard time even finding words right now but I kind of enjoy that exercise because it it forces me to make sure I actually understand you know like I had a guitar teacher way back in the day who told me 
um, if you want to get better at guitar, start teaching guitar because that's mm. the only way that you're really going to have to be sure that you understand the fundamentals and can explain it, you know? Um, so like when you ask me questions, like sometimes I'll admit, sometimes I'm like, why didn't you just Google this? Right. But then I remember when I was in that same position and I didn't even know what words to Google, like that can, that can be a really daunting thing. So, yes. um, yeah, I'm always happy to do it. And I've also, I mean, I've had to recognize in myself the times that I'm just like spewing out technical words that no one cares about. Right. You know, like I, I definitely do that sometimes. I feel like I've gotten better in the last year or so, but I remember like I used to do that with you all the time, just like start yeah. rambling off random stuff and it, it just doesn't land. It doesn't matter. Well, I've noticed that you think about what you're saying a little bit longer than you used to. And like when you're explaining something, um, even if there's like visible frustration, you know, or whatever, when you're, when you're trying right. to, you know, even during, or for the podcast, we've had issues like that. And like, you will take a minute to try to run it through a filter that you have obtained in your brain to, mm -hmm. con to convey it somehow. And yeah. I, and I, the same thing, um, you know, I've realized working with Nick, there are a lot of things about actually recording technically that I know that he doesn't know. And to me, in my mind, I'm always like frustrated because I think just like we talked about earlier, he should know this. Mm -hmm. And like as much as he cares about the technical aspect of being a musician and recording, he should know. But like even simple things um, – like GarageBand for Mac. Um, just like there's little things that, and it's hard because he's my brother, so I just want to be like, you dumbass, you know? And he does the <laughs> same thing for me with guitars right. and like pedals. It, it's always like, you should know better, but um, like learning how to express it in a, and you know, not even to get too deep on it, but as I'm realizing this, like as my son is getting under a year old now and like he's getting that handles open doors and buttons do things on microwaves and crap like that. And, and I'm yeah. realizing that I can't just like talk cutesy to him anymore. Like, Oh buddy, it's okay. You know, like I need to start showing him how those things work and like when he can do it and when he can't. And there mm. is like a translation of, Saying simplicity makes it, to me personally, makes it feel like I'm calling the other person dumb. But yeah, but there's a reason there's like books like uh, recording software for dummies, you know, right? Changing oil for dummies, and it's like a joke. But if you look through that stuff, it's like okay, this actually makes sense. Well, I think the important thing is simple doesn't always mean easy, right? Mm, That's another stupid. thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. another thing that I've learned from music teachers, ironically, is that just because something is simple on paper doesn't mean that it's easy or that anyone else should know or be able to do it. Like, sometimes if you just haven't thought about something, like, how would you ever know, you know? Yeah. Especially, you know, being a year old or a kid yeah. or whatever. I, I always think about that, like, how 
you know, you have a kid and they're like five or six and they're like starting to ask questions about like how things work and what things yeah. do and all this. And like, but you why? can't really, you can't really give them the real answer because they don't understand all of right. the fundamental concepts. So you have to kind of, I mean, we, we should probably just do away with the phrase, dumb it down. Right. But you have right. to simplify it, you know, so that they, they can understand it based on the things that they already understand without having to yeah. teach them quantum mechanics at the same time. Well, one of the things that I read, like, because I was nervous about having a kid and not knowing what to do or, or how to be a dad or whatever, but I read something that said when they start to get into something they're not supposed to, like if they're climbing something that they could get hurt on, you're supposed to ask them the question, like, what would happen if? And mm. so, like, there's something about making that person understand the outcome yeah that that will make the process of it make sense mm. so i've been tr i've been trying to think about that not not just with him but just even people i talk to and um i've got i'm going to be doing like a couple piano things on um another record and to me, that's mind blowing because I don't know how to play the piano, but like the fact that someone asked me to do that, you know, yeah. but they're not asking for the how and the technical side of it. They're just asking me to do the thing. So right. I, I also like just fulfilling a need without having to explain it and just like, I, I want to. I always have this need to walk everyone around everything I'm doing. Like do, I want people to like, I want to mansplain like mm. why I'm doing this and why it's going to go this way. And people, I'm the, I don't need that. I don't yeah. need you to tell me why when we're working with the software or whatever, for the pod and recording and stuff like, just tell me how to do it. And then I already know why I need it to happen. Yeah, and, so and let the person let yes. the person ask the deeper questions if they want to know more. If they want to, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, how many times do you and I ask each other something and just go, "Okay, thanks," you know? Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I already know why. Mm -hmm. You know, I tend to, and people that listen to this podcast know I like I over-explain things because I think I'm not getting my point across. Yeah, but I, but I am. The first time I did. If I tell a joke right. at a show, everybody got it, but I like want them to think it's way funnier than it actually was like, because I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Just let right. it go. But sometimes you also don't give the person a chance to even show that they got it. Like right. you've already, you've already decided that they didn't get it yeah. so that you have to immediately without taking a breath, go into another expert. Like I've noticed this in you where you will tell us, you'll tell a story or you'll explain something and then you will immediately um, try to tell it another way, <laughs> create some <laughs> synonymous example or some parallel, a met, like a met, you, you, you'll try metaphor. to make, you'll try to make it yeah. a metaphor. You'll be like, so like, imagine <laughs> if like this completely unrelated thing is doing this other like, thing. We got it. Like, I remember one time I cut you off. I was like, bro, I, I got it the first time, but you lost me the last, you lost me now. So you're going to have to re-explain because now I'm on a completely different page. So I, don't I think, know why. I mean, I think sometimes people just like, 
I don't know, maybe, maybe you're not even confident that you know what you're talking about. So you feel like you have to follow up with something right away. But mm-hmm. sometimes if you just say the thing and then just like stare at the person and if they say, I don't understand, then you can, you can go in. I think I doubt my ability to convey a thought. And I mean, this is what I do. I mean, that's, that's my job. Like I can, I convey thoughts. Like I write in analogies and yeah, I'm not sure why I doubt that. I think it's because it's so important to me that I try to make people feel like they can under, I think it's important to me to feel understood. Mm. And it's, it's really fine. Like if I explain something and someone doesn't get it, like, I don't care. <laughs> just it, ask me again if you didn't understand. But yeah, that's the thing that shows people don't have time to be like, what? <laughs> you know, what? What? <laughs> what? So I, I explain it three times. And then I look back at you guys at the band and they're like, can we just play? I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> right. Anyways. We would, we, this whole episode was just about being able to talk to people, right? And just explain things. Yeah. I'm trying to say much. it again another way. <laughs> yeah. Can you, <laughs> can you resummarize it all for me? Yeah. Yeah. Let me start from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Um, so this episode airs on the same day that your new single comes out. Do you, uh, Ooh, you want to talk about that a little say. bit? Yeah. I'm, we're super excited about it. It's, fresh new Talbot brothers that still feels like us and that's what we've been trying to do with every record is like make people feel like we're progressing mm-hmm. but they can still connect uh with the things they can hold on to with what we have been since we mm-hmm. started doing music and it's weird to try to find a way to not alienate the old fans but right connect with new ones um this song is is really meaningful to both Nick and I, and and for different reasons, um, the whole record is. But yeah. this was just one we felt was just like perfect for. We didn't want to talk about the pandemic. We didn't want to talk about any of that crap. Like we just wanted to have a song that was about something else. Yeah, like everyone's doing that. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, dude, it's a damn good song. I'm uh, I'm excited that that one... I'm excited that that's the first single. I guess we can yeah. say the name of it because it, it'll be yeah, out. But I'm glad that it's the first single to come out because I do feel like it kind of... It kind of sets this tone for the newer stuff without... Um, you know, there there is some classic Talbot Brothers sounds through all, all of the new record, but like the stuff that you guys are really expanding on, like this really shows a good direction for that i think and uh yeah thanks man it's just a really good song in my opinion i'm a i'm a big fan of it so and i had nothing to do with it so i'm not even biased i would tell if you sucked so (laughs) you would i know (laughs) (laughs) all right guys well you can find um burned on spotify um today right and uh let us know what you guys think about it and uh thanks for listening to another episode of similar vein podcast be sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already um, hit us up on instagram at similar vein podcast and until next time we will see y'all <laughs>